0: I'm Ashley and welcome to the Millennial Mommy Podcast. Grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and join me as I chat with other moms about parenting, home life, and self-care. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Anna of All The Sleeps. Anna is a pediatric sleep consultant and has a ton of tips and information on how your little one and you can get a better night's sleep. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I hope you all have been having a great week. Um, things have been a little crazy around our house, but um, I'll tell you more about that later because today I have um, a special guest. Carrianna uh, from All the Sleeps, which is a sleep consulting business, is with us today, and we're going to talk about. Sleeping children, not just babies, all children. So even if you're the mom to um, older kids, I'm sure she has plenty that she can add. Um,
1: so, hi, Carriana, how are you? Hi, thank, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, of course. I'm super excited to talk about this because I feel like that's like the number one question whenever anybody becomes a parent is, how are you <laughs> sleeping? How are they sleeping? <laughs> um. Well, can you tell me a little bit about um? yourself?
1: Yeah. So um, I have been for about seven years now and we have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and they're both boys. They're both crazy and wild. Um, and they're kind of when I got started on this journey, learning about, and that's really when I realized that I wanted to help other parents, you know, with these sleep challenges, because I know that it's something that that one point or another. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of when I decided to get certified and I started all the sleeps and, um, I've been loving, it has just been so rewarding so far.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so how long did you say that you've been in business?
1: Um, it's been a little, it's been about 15 months now.
0: Okay. So um, in that time frame, would you say that you usually like work more with babies or do you also do, um, do you also have a lot of older children
1: so that you I, work with? Yeah, I work with, um, you know, from newborn up to five. I would say most of my clients um, come from, you know, that range of four months to a year. Uh-huh. That's the clients. But then I do get clients, you know, older than that. Once they hit this t- or the preschool age, um, I work with that okay. them as well. How would you
0: describe, um, obviously, you know, sleep training with the right information and stuff is very important for kind of all families. Um, to get a hold of because you know everybody needs to sleep at some point or another um, <laughs> what would you say is like um, how do you kind of break it down and explain the whole you know like sleep training and coaching um, to parents when you come in so and start the process
1: I like to look at sleep as puzzle um, there's lots of different pieces that go in, and it's usually a lot more complex than the unfortunately, but <laughs> there's lots of different pieces that go. In. When I come in and I work with families, it's really all about all those pieces to fit together at the same time and you know, start improving sleep.
0: When we chatted a little bit earlier, we, um, there were five kind of main areas that we're going to talk about. Um, so let's kind of dive into those. So the first one was um, sleep environment, which I think some of these things are things that people think about, like it being dark enough and you know not too hot in the room and stuff like that. But um, what are common problems that you see when it comes to like the environment that people are putting their kids to sleep in?
1: I would say probably the number one thing is about the darkness because a lot of parents think Oh, they you know, it's, it's good enough, but I like to then say, okay, the scale of one to 10 with one being eight and 10 being pitch black, you know, where does your child's room fall on? And, you know, really, we want it to fall about an, and so that's pretty dark, you uh-huh. know, that would be like one and not being able to see your face your hand in front of your face. Um, yeah. And then the big part is that we don't just at nighttime; we want it that dark at yeah. five a.m. for or every nap, and so that takes a little more effort. The piece about sleep environment that I find is missing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, like, I mean, we have the light blocking curtains um, in both of the mm-hmm. girls' rooms, but it's definitely not pitch black. During you know like their nap times or in the morning and stuff like that at all like you know getting towards the nighttime yes but like during the day there's always like the light that comes uh-huh. through you know the sides of the curtains and stuff yes, like that yes
1: I've definitely had um, you know if we're like in a crunch and we're trying to get that room really dark for nap time uh, one of my go-to hacks is taping up over the windows. It doesn't look very pretty, but it's a good option if you need to get it nice and dark. <laughs> it works.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Work with what you've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some other um, important elements for the sleep environment to just kind of introduce, you know, a good, safe, nice spot for your kid to mm-hmm. sleep in?
1: Another big one that I push a lot is having play. play, um, you know, and that, that it will play on and for every nap that you want white noise. And that's one that parents are a little iffy about using um, to really show us that, you know, when you sleep promotes deeper Uh sleep and it helps you fall asleep faster. So these are things for our children.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's interesting because we're probably we're on the skeptical parent side of the white noise thing. (laughs) Yes, we are. Like, we sleep drained both of our kids, but we did it without, we didn't do the the white noise machine. So, like, you know, we're down here in our living room, like, watching a movie. And um, the way that our, our house is, and I've kind of talked about this before, is um, our living room is vaulted into our upstairs hallway. So, like, I can, like, look up and I'm looking right at my three-year-old's bedroom door. <laughs> so when we watch, like, movies and stuff at night, like, it's loud and like we've had like dinner parties and people are like oh sorry we'll be quiet and we're like Psh, those kids can sleep through anything you know like we watched what did we watch the other night like Aquaman or something like <laughs> that something ridiculously loud
1: uh, the white noise does a really good job of blocking out those sounds so at least something that I suggest if you're able to do it but, yeah yeah
0: yeah it definitely I feel like it would help the younger one with nap time because I think she hears her sister down here you know playing or whatever it is and like I can definitely tell uh the days where the three-year-old is being a little bit louder than others are the days the baby doesn't nap as well (laughs) yeah
1: when the baby has FOMO (laughs) because she's
0: yes (laughs) exactly exactly and the three-year-old I'm not worried about her I think she can sleep through anything because the baby wakes up at 6 30 and like it just like she wakes up like screaming not like upset screaming just like (laughs) hey (laughs) hey I'm awake I'm awake! Like It's like very intermittent, like loud yells. And the three-year-old sleeps through all of it. She doesn't get up until like eight o'clock. Like the baby's been up for an hour and a half.
1: That's awesome. Your kids actually sound like mine. My oldest is big sleeper. He'll sleep through anything. My younger one was the more difficult. He's a little more sensitive of a sleeper.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I guess it it comes with the territory. You would think that the second one would be the one that learns how to sleep through anything. And the first one would be more touchy about everything. (laughs) Wish. (laughs) Me too. I would be sleeping way more right now if that were the case. (laughs) Not that it's bad. I, you know, she sleeps like 10 and a half to 11 hours every night. The baby does. So like, you know. I can't mm-hmm. complain, but you know, when you compare it to like twelve to thirteen with the first one, you're like, I just wish he would yes. sleep just a little bit more. <laughs> and then I'm sure there are plenty of moms at home that can't get their kids to sleep that are rolling their eyes and Probably. hating right now. So <laughs> Um, so speaking since we brought up um or I brought up napping a little bit, um, I feel like with naps they can be, at least with the second kid, they can be um little bit more difficult like we followed um i don't know if you're familiar with the book baby wise or not but we kind of followed their um idea of having Mm -hmm. a schedule and obviously like taking cues from your kid if you need to and like altering your schedule but for the most part we had like a very rigid schedule with um with mara who's our oldest um don't really have that schedule as much with Bellamy like she still takes (laughs) naps twice a day but it is not always at the same time and they are definitely Mm -hmm. not the same length every single day um because it kind of just depends on what we have going on does Mara have a play date you know like
1: yes it's so different the difference between your first baby and your second baby and what I just is, you know, if you're a second baby, if you need to be a little more that, you know, you're not stuck in the house all the time because you're old and you get out and do activities, that's okay as long as your baby is is handling mm-hmm. it okay. You know, if it's too much for your baby and can't nap in the car or they can't nap on the go and then they're just a mess the rest of the day, then we probably need to, you know, adjust our, you know, naps. Yeah. But if your baby's okay with it and they're fine to kind of you know have more of a fluid schedule, that's take advantage of that.
0: What is kind of um obviously I feel like with a daytime schedule and like the naps, um, it's going to evolve over time like the older your kid gets, So like what would you say would be you know like a starting point as far as napping goes versus you know like where would you end up when you start to get towards um I guess like the toddler years, like more so past one into that like range. Like, what does that change look like for you usually? Like, what do you usually recommend to people?
1: Yeah, usually, you know, like if we're talking about a newborn, those first they're going to have lots of naps throughout the day. Um, as we see them get older, mm-hmm. obviously they're able to be awake at time. so we see those naps start to decrease. So four months is when we move to three naps a day. And usually a baby will be on three naps until around, it's kind of right Mm -hmm. around where they would drop down to two naps. And then usually you're going to see two naps a day until they're fifth And then when you get to around 15 months, they're Mm going to drop down to one, Um, you know, and then that one nap, usually I really encourage some kind of a nap until, you know, as close to can. And then, you know, for example, my older actually still naps and he's five, you know, it's not much of a nap. It just helps him kind of make it through the rest of the day without melting down, uh-huh. you know. So anywhere between, you know, three and then when you're trying to be in school all day, any time in there is when that nap will kind of, hey, and then they'll just be sleeping through the night instead.
0: Yeah. My um, Mara doesn't doesn't nap anymore. It's been a while. Like I naps maybe once a week. And when she does nap, she naps hard. Like she doesn't sleep for like two plus hours. <laughs> like we have to usually like go in and wake her up because we're like, it's getting close to dinner time. And we want you to go to bed tonight. So you need to wake up. And it's scary. Like we're like rock, Who paper, scissors downstairs <laughs> to be like, not it. I don't want to go get her because she is so grumpy. But like, and it's funny because you said to get through the day, she definitely mm-hmm. needs enough. A nap to get through the day, but she just like (laughs) will not take a nap. Like, I found that if she's really Mm -hmm. upset about taking a nap and there's a tantrum and cries, she sucks her thumb for comfort (laughs) still, and she'll suck her thumb to stop crying and she'll just soothe herself to sleep. (laughs) That's as terrible as that sounds. Like, if I put her to bed and she's upset, I'm like, oh, you're gonna (laughs) nap
1: today. And that's really normal too, like what you've described, where She has days where she doesn't nap, where she'll, you know, still do a nap. And I know you had mentioned that she still does a quiet time. And that's so important that even if they're not napping, Mm -hmm. that builds in that framework for them to take a nap when they need to. And so at that age for maybe they're not napping every day, but maybe they're napping for two days a week, basically whenever their body needs it. It's really awesome that you do that. That's perfect.
0: Yeah, it's it's more so for my sanity
1: than for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be alone for a little while. So you need to just <laughs> go lay down in your room.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, for her, we too. We actually, it,
0: even it though she's three, she's still in her crib. So I don't, I don't know what we're going to do when we move her out of the crib into, like, Whole a big girl bed. <laughs> transition for you. <laughs> I'm kind of putting it off. I'm like, as long as you're not climbing out, then you're safe and you can stay there, right? <laughs> That's what
1: I say. If they're not trying to get out, and is she new? Is she a young three?
0: Um, Yes. She's only been three for like okay, a month and a half or so. she's about the same age
1: as my youngest one. If he's still in his crib, and I'm going to okay. follow that crib until as, as I can. So nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good. I'm glad to know that I'm not alone in that. <laughs> um, And another... Piece of the sleeping puzzle that we kind of talked about was having um, a good bedtime routine, which is something we very strictly followed with our oldest kid. but um, you know, not as much with the second one. Is there an example routine that you kind of or suggestions that you usually give to your clients about like what a good bedtime routine yeah. looks
1: like? I use um, the five B's for a bed. It's easy to remember. so, Five Bs, the first B for bottle or breast. And so this is going to be, you know, more for younger kids. But um, we want them to, if they are taking a bottle, we want that to be at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we want that to be bedtime routine. And then the next B would be, so if, if you're a family who does, you know, bath every night or night, um, okay. you know, that's kind of where bath time fits in. And that'd be like brushing their teeth, that kind of thing. Um, Next B is for books, so you know doing kind of a quiet activity in their room to help them down a little bit more. Uh-huh. Then the fourth B is so you know that may mean hugs and kisses before bed, maybe, you know a short rocking session, any anything like that that would be bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, the last B is for a bedtime cue. So that's what like you would say to them as you lay them in their crib or as you tuck them in, that you're kind of consistently saying the same phrase like, "time," I'll see you in the morning or, you know, mommy loves you. Good night. But those are kind of the the five B's that I operate in my bedtime routine. And I think probably just one is that people tend to put uh, bottle or the breast. They tend to do that at the very end of their routine to get into you know, sleep associations where the baby all sleep while eating or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the big, you usually have to make in their routine. Yeah.
0: That's interesting because we, that sounds a lot like, you know, the routine that we follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would even say that our bedtime routine almost starts with, um, like downstairs Mm -hmm. is cleaning up. Like ever since um mara was like old enough to comprehend like putting away toys like she would like help us like i have memories of her like crawling which is funny because my second one does it out too she'll watch everybody putting stuff away and she'll like pick something up and like hobble crawl (laughs) to the basket and like throw it in and then clap for herself Mm -hmm. which is exactly what my oldest used to do so like we all clean up together Mm -hmm. and then we do Bath times, like we usually do tandem bath time every other night now. We did it every night with my oldest because, like, once Mm -hmm. we established the routine, we were scared to death of like breaking it and like her not sleeping or something. But I definitely, I always do the bottle after bath time. So it's interesting because my oldest is, she's her own unique little person. Like, she, she (laughs) literally like weaned herself. Like I went to give her a bottle like two days after she turned one and she just said no. And like, oh, my goodness. And that was the end of of that. That was the end of bottles. So um, (laughs) it's interesting that you said that about um, sleep association, because that has been one of my fears with my second kid, because we do bath bottle book in Uh the bed. I have been kind of worried if she's going to like be like, excuse me, where is my bottle? When I try and like start to wean her off of that to put her to sleep. Yeah.
1: I mean, it sounds like what you're doing right now is worse too much about it. But that is, you know, a big thing. That's like one of the change. If families are struggling with sleep, that's a big one. Interesting. Good
0: to know. Yeah. It's funny because kids know like after you establish that routine after a while, like even the littlest of kids will know like I've forgotten and put my baby down without a book and like put her down and just like scream (laughs) and scream and after like 10 minutes I'm like what is happening you never do this go in there and I'm like oh I didn't read you your book I will literally read the book put her down and she won't cry anymore like she's just like you can go now I will (laughs) sleep they
1: are so smart you know even like newborn brains are totally set up to recognize those patterns it's how young they start to notice patterns like that
0: it's It's so interesting it's definitely not something that you think about with a baby but then later Mm -hmm. it makes total sense let's see another one that you have on your list as a puzzle is independent sleep um so i guess like picking a method and then sticking to it is that to encourage a kid to sleep by themselves or to fall asleep like by themselves or both?
1: Um, I would say it, it, it kind of encompasses both, um, you know, independently, the hardest one, you know, all these puzzle pieces um, can be somewhat easy to put in place. But this is definitely the also probably the most important one, because, you know, if you have a baby or a child who wake frequently in the night and know they're past the age of you know, needing to eat that frequently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, say you have a seven-month-old who's waking every two hours you need to eat that frequently at night. And so the reason is because they require some kind of help to fall asleep. When they're waking between sleep cycles, they don't have that fall asleep yet um, without crying out. And so that's really where independent mm-hmm. sleep comes in. It helps helps kids and babies sleep for long stretches at night take long naps rather than just you know 30 minute naps. gotcha
0: yeah is that one um is that something that you struggle with both with like the kid and then also you know like parents that want to automatically immediately you know go in and help and soothe and things like that
1: yeah it's um you know it's kind of like a too because when our <laughs> When our kids wake, you know, what's the quickest way to get them to sleep? To go in and help them, right? <laughs> but then that just kind of use that waking. Um, and so it does take the mindset shift of recognizing that you're stem, but whatever, you know, sleep coaching method you choose, I mean, that you're responding differently to them, not the way that they're used to you. Um, so it takes that. And then it also, it's an investment sleep, or I guess I should say your lack of sleep And <laughs> When you go to make that change, your sleep's gonna be negative until that change really takes hold. Yeah. So for a lot of parents to do because they're like, oh, but I'm already hardly getting any sleep. It, to getting less sleep until this is fixed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a hard one to swallow. Even if you know it'll be better in the end. It's definitely difficult. Yeah. As you mentioned sleep, um Coaching methods. I think that's what you just mm-hmm. said. So what are um examples of different like sleep coaching methods?
1: Yeah. There's there's a wide range. Um obvious looking at one extreme end we've all heard before of that is one very extreme. Um it's effective. The parent is comfortable with it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There are other methods you can um if you wanted to take a step back from that, method called quick check. And it's basically just check at intervals of time and you can go and check and, you know, and then you're back out of the room. So you're, you're kind of in and out letting there while they try to learn this skill, um, step down from that, uh, I would say would be like a shuffle. If anyone's heard of that, it's where basically you're sitting in it by their Mm -hmm. crib or by their bed and basically fall asleep. So you're not helping them, but you're right there with them gradually remove yourself from the room over, you know, a period. Of two. Um, that's kind of one of the more gra- and then another gradual method would be a um, down method where basically uh-huh. anytime your child cries to calm them, but then you're making sure that you lay them back to fall asleep on you. And so, you know, you're going to be picking them up and putting up those mm-hmm. first couple nights. Um, but that's a good way for parents to struggle with, wearing transition. It's a good way for them to be very hands on with it. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard of um
1: the sleeply shuffle, but that
0: we're not full on cry it out, but we're like interval cry it out people, like, you know, two minutes, five minutes, mm-hmm. ten minutes. And then yeah. usually we don't yeah. go very far past like ten, fifteen minutes. You know, like they're out by then mm-hmm. in, in our right. experience with our two kids. So
1: that that method, you know, using some form of check that goes really quickly. Um, that's the method that I like mm-hmm. it is, uh, I like to use the most, I should say parents are comfortable with it because it's, it's easiest on the baby, but it's also easiest on the parents. You know, it's really hard to be right in the room with your child crying and not able to just, you know, that's, that's a line that's really easy to blur. Oh, yeah. And so I find that quick texts work really well for yes. everyone involved.
0: Yes, definitely. With, um, with our first, like, you know, as a new mom, it was super difficult for me. And I remember, like, my husband would, like, set the timer and he would physically, like, put a hand <laughs> on me. And he'd be like, just wait. Like, we know that she's okay. Just wait and when he was gone i remember i would take the monitor and i would like put it on mute but have like the video screen on and i would sit in the laundry room with the dryer or the washer on so that i couldn't hear her because i couldn't like handle like hearing her Mm. cry um but we had already started to see progress with sleep and she was sleeping through the night so it was just me at home alone with her for Mm. naps That I was having like trouble and I was like, well, if this worked at nighttime, it can work during the day. I just need to like (laughs) remove myself for the situation while still keeping her perfectly safe. So it was just like, let me turn on the bathroom fan or like the dryer or something and like sit over here and like wait for my two minutes. And then I think I did it like twice. And then like the third day. Before, like, when my timer went off for two minutes before I even made it all the way up the stairs, <laughs> she had stopped and, and know, was asleep. You know, that so is like,
1: one of the really hard parts about trying to help our children sleep. Nobody likes to hear their child cry. You know, that is nothing on our, on our babies. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot to understand is it, it's kind it's a mind. Okay, crying is how my baby communicates. And so pay for them to cry you know, we don't want to neglect them. We don't want to them, but they're going to obviously have some it's about this big change that we're throwing at them. And so crying, expressing those emotions, it's <laughs> right. okay for them to struggle frustrated. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why whether using you're still there and letting them know you're there while they kind of, so
0: for sure. And like now I feel like it's created almost the thing where, um, We know now that something is, like, wrong. Like, if one of our kids wakes up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and, like, cries, like, it's abnormal Mm -hmm. for them to do it now. That's not usually how they respond. Like, usually they'll, like, grumble, like, frustrated, and, like, eventually they'll go back to sleep. They don't usually cry out at night anymore. my husband is terrible about this, um, but he says things like it's because they know no one's coming, and like terrible stuff like that that I'm like, don't say that that hurts my feelings, <laughs> but like part of it is like is like mm-hmm. they keep it to themselves unless something is like truly yeah, wrong, and like now if they cry in the middle of the night, like my butt is out of bed because I know that like they need me for something. It's not just yes, you
1: know, exactly, and that I mean that is one of the benefits of coaching your child is they're not just going to be crying out at night all the time when they do cry out you know okay something's no they had a bad dream or maybe they're they're having some teething pain or whatever but you know that okay these cries like yeah um you know whereas if they just don't know how to fall back asleep on their own you never know like okay are they crying out because their tummy hurts or are they crying out them like you don't know what what those cries mean, Yeah,
0: for sure. I definitely think that you know sleep training has given us a lot more um peace of mind. like it's not like I'm in there a lot at night, like guess working, like, you know, are you just crying to cry, or like, is there something wrong? Um, and it's kind of nice to know not nice to know that something is wrong, but it's nice to just like be able to like wake up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and immediately, yeah. like, I know what my reaction to the situation needs to yeah. be. Based on what they do like 95% of the time. Sleep training can be, it can be so difficult, but I, I definitely feel like, which of course you would probably agree that it's, it's worth it in the long run for everybody, for them, for you, you know, it just kind of makes everything a lot easier. to handle. It gives you more (laughs) peace of mind as a parent. And plus you get to sleep, which is great for everyone.
1: (laughs) I've never had work with me and then after say, oh, I I, or I wish we had waited almost all the time. They're saying, why did we wait so long? Like, I wish we had done this sooner. And just um, just the whole attitude of the family, rule 180, when everyone's getting sleep <laughs> and when there's not, you know, us and anxiety around nap time every day and around bedtime every day really wears on you if every time your baby needs to sleep because you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if you're going to be rocking them for an hour to take a 30 minute nap, or if they're going to fight you the whole time, you know, it, that just, that's a lot of anxiety and stress for moms. And so when you can kind of get that under control, your baby more sleep, it just makes a world of a difference.
0: Yeah. A hundred and fifty five 55% agree. <laughs> um, it's definitely so true. It makes, all of the different. um do you have anything else that you would like to add or that you feel like is really important when people go through um how do you do your consulting is it all like in person or are you available like you answer people's questions online and stuff like that like how does that work
1: yeah so um families across the globe. Okay. Um, so do consulting over the phone and via email. And so, you know, that really gives me the flexibility to work with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I do over on my Facebook and Instagram page every other Monday, I do a free sleep question and answer where people can come with questions and I, you know, can help them in the right direction. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, so- and what days of the week with were- was that? I do it Monday. I do it
0: mm-hmm. Monday every other Monday. And where can people find you on Facebook and, um, and the Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. So
1: on Facebook, just all the sleep. and same thing on Instagram at all the sleeps. You can find me there. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah. And so I love to, you know, talk to parents. If it's, you know, a quick question or a travel, uh, any range of questions, I answer as much as I can. Sometimes, you know, this is more of an in depth question, or if you feel like you need support, then that's kind of when it's time to um, talk about fit and what it looks like to work with me. Yeah. The main thing I would say is in uh, you know, culture right now where there's lots of mom guilt, and, and you know, I never want sleep to mom's anxiety or mom's guilt. Yeah. If is working for your family, then that's awesome. If with getting up multiple times a night with your child, that's hey, you know, if that's where you're happy, then that's right. Like you need to make changes or you feel like the direct the best direction for your family, then that's when it's time to get making a positive sleep change. Yeah. So I never want to add to that anxiety or mom shaming at all family's different and every family's needs are different so
0: for sure there um a lot of women out there that I you know like just have been able to like admire the way that they do things and the way that they function as like a parent you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know the way that I do things or the things that I talk about or that I um you know complain about or jokingly complain about you know like oh I wish my (laughs) kid would sleep 13 hours I need more alone time you know like even though I'm obviously should be grateful for what I have and it's a great amount of sleep and everything but it's just one of those things where I'm uh-huh. just like oh I should probably like not say that because I don't know what other moms <laughs> are like dealing with and I don't want to be like you know like that person <laughs> that's like complaining and so I've got that, it like
1: that moms know you know what some moms uh you know just Just don't understand that it's capable of sleeping this much or sleeping for this long. There's a lot of misinformation about what babies and toddlers and preschoolers are capable of sleep wise. So I I think your perspective is good.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am super excited to share this episode. Um, Like I said, I feel like you know sleep is something that all parents, no matter what, seem that they just kind of want to get more of it or want to like you know crack the code um so i'm super (laughs) excited to just kind of share this i'm so excited that you came on and i definitely encourage everybody to tune in every other monday on your social media i'll make sure i put some links um as far as our social media goes so that they can check that out and you know if they have questions that they have somebody that they can ask and talk to those about
1: yeah Thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about test with it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much,
0: Kariana, for coming on. And um, we, well, I will talk to everybody soon. Bye.